Judges chapter 4. We'll look at uh, verses 10 through 23. Chapter 4 of Judges is about Deborah and Barak and their conquering of Jabin, the king of the Canaanites. And Sisera is the commander of Jabin's army, and they have 900 chariots, which is a lot of chariots in that area in that time. Deborah, she's the only female judge of Israel who happens to also be a prophetess. Deborah was called, has, she's called on Barak to go up and fight against Sisera. But Barak, the courageous warrior that he is, he responds to Deborah, if you will go with me to the battle, you go up to the front, be in the heat of the battle, then I will go. Otherwise, nope, not going to do it. <laughs> and we have... Barak requiring Deborah to go with him or he's not going to go. Many men's heart melt when they're asked to lead. And sometimes following is so easy. But as Christian men, we desperately need to lead in our families, in our communities, all the way up to elected positions. Think back with me to Moses. Moses, who went before Pharaoh, and he demanded the release of all the Israelite slaves. And at this time, Pharaoh happens to be the most powerful man in the world. And we read how Moses called down ten plagues upon Egypt by the power of God. Moses holding up his shepherd's staff and all of Israel, about two million of them at that time, men, women, and children, they crossed the Red Sea on dry ground as Moses stands there with his staff held in hand. But now Israel has crossed the Red Sea. They're safely out in the wilderness. The Egyptian army is all drowned in that same Red Sea that Israel crossed. And we hear the sister of Moses, Miriam, along with her brother Aaron, and they complain against Moses. And their complaint is, has God only spoken to Moses? And in Numbers 12, 2, we read, and the Lord heard it. The Lord heard their complaint. They, he heard their murmuring. And God calls this trio, Miriam, Aaron, and Moses, and he calls them to the tabernacle of meeting. And there he appears to this three in a cloud, in a pillar of a cloud. And he requires Miriam and Aaron to give an account for their words against Moses, God's chosen leader. 
God declares to Miriam and Aaron, He says, I speak with Moses face to face. It's not in dreams or in visions that I speak to Moses. I speak to Moses face to face. And God is angry with Miriam. He's angry with Aaron. And he leaves, God departs, but he leaves Miriam with leprosy. And Aaron comes before Moses and he says, Hey, please pray for our sister. Moses does pray for Miriam, but Miriam is, she's required to stay outside of the camp for one full week. And leprosy is symbolic of sin. This is God's way of saying to Miriam, You've been guilty of sinning before me, and you're going to be outside the camp of Israel for one week. She has spoken against Moses, her brother, and God comes to the defense of Moses. And God is still in the business of defending us. We, his people, if we give the Lord a chance, he will be our defense. So the next time, and there will be a next time, that uh, someone says something wrong about you and you're tempted to defend yourself, allow the Lord to be your defense. And when he does defend you, try not to gloat about it. You know, just take it in stride. But in... In the uh, Judges 4, Deborah, she calls upon Barak, step up to the plate, Barak, be a man of God. And so let's read that in verses 11 through 24 of Judges 4. Now Heber, the Kenite, or the Kenite, of the children of Hobad, the father-in-law of Moses, had separated himself from the Kenites and pitched his tent near the Terebith tree at Zainaim, which is beside Kadesh. And they reported to Sisera that Barak, the son of uh, Benoam, had gone up to Mount Tabor. So Sisera gathered together all his chariots, 900 of them, chariots of iron, and all the people who were with him from Herosheth, Hagoyim, to the river Kishon. Then Deborah said to Barak, Up, for this is the day in which the Lord has delivered Sisera into the hands. Has not the Lord gone out before you? So Barak went down from Mount Tabor with 10,000 men following him. And the Lord routed Sisera and all his chariots and all his army with the edge of the sword before Barak. And Sisera alighted from his chariot and fled away on foot. But Barak pursued the chariots and the army as far as Herosheth, Hagoyim, and all the army of Sisera fell by the edge of the sword. Not a man was left. However, Sisera had fled away on foot to the tent of Jael, the wife of Heber the Kenite. For there was peace between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the house of Heber the Kenite. And Jael went out to greet Sisera and said to him, Turn aside, my lord, turn aside to me, and do not fear. And when we have turned 
when he had turned aside with her into the tent, she covered him with a blanket. Then he said to her, Please give me a little water to drink, for I am thirsty. So she opened a jug of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him. And he said to her, Stand at the door of the tent, and if any man comes and inquires of you and says, Is there any man here, you shall say no. Then Jael, Heber's wife, took a tent peg, took a hammer in her hand, and went softly to him and drove the peg into his temple, and it went down into the ground, for he was fast asleep and weary, so he died. Gruesome. <laughs> and then as Barak pursued Sisera, Jael came out to meet him and said to him, Come, I will show you the man whom you seek. And when he went into her tent, there lay Sisera, dead, with a peg in his temple. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of Canaan. Quite the story. <laughs> we read of Moses' in-laws in verses 11 through 13. Uh, Moses is gone. He has died. But uh, his relatives have now immigrated into Israel. Our relatives at times can be our spiritual adversaries. Jesus' own brothers did not believe in him until after his resurrection. Can you imagine living side by side with Jesus and not knowing that he's God? If anything ever happened in that home, who do you think Mary, the mom, turned to first? She knew Jesus didn't do it, so who broke this water jug? Was it one of you boys? We know Jesus didn't do it. <laughs> but they grew up with hard hearts because Jesus was their half-brothers. Yet that's interesting. We can't even imagine living with someone perfect. But Moses, as I said, he has died, and he's gone away in his in-laws are now evidently still friends with uh, Sisera and Jabin. I'm so glad we get to choose our friends. Relatives we're given. You don't have a say in who's your relative. Uh, <laughs> I think there's sometimes a built-in jealousy with family siblings and members. When Jimmy Carter was president, I'm going way back, I'm old. When Jimmy was president, his brother Billy was a constant embarrassment to him. And whenever God calls any of us to serve him, our family can be our biggest critics. Jesus' brothers were his critics. Go down, show yourself to the people at Jerusalem. 
you know, if you're, you know, if you're this great prophet, show it to them. You've heard me say this, but I'll say it for those who perhaps haven't heard me say it. My own Christian mother asked me one day, when are you going to become a real pastor? And her meaning was be a pastor in her denomination, not of that Calvary Chapel. Enough of my troubled past. But Heber the Kenite, he goes to Sisera and he tells Barak's plans to battle against him. Whether or not this was of the Lord, we really do not know. But in verse 14, Deborah declares, Up, Barak, for this is the day in which God has delivered Sisera into your hand. And Barak takes 10,000 men, and they follow him, and we read how they routed Sisera <clears throat> in battle. Barak with his 10,000 destroy the army of Sisera with the edge of the sword. And all Barak did, he is obedient. He is in submission to the female judge, Deborah. But that was enough for God. God can use that. God can use Barak's willingness to go up and fight. And that, that we read of that day that God routed Sisera. They're slain by the edge of the sword of Barak and his army. <clears throat> Only Sisera escapes, and he escapes on foot, and he's running for his life. He's out there running. We don't know how far he ran, but he runs to the tent of Jael, who is the wife of Heber, who being part of Israel, also suffered under Jabin's harsh rule. It appears that Heber and his family have loyalties to Israel. They have chosen to live in Israel. <clears throat> and all we read is there was peace between Heber and Jabin, the king of the Canaanites. But now we have Sisera, he's on the run, he seeks asylum, he seeks safety in J.L.'s tent. Perhaps a bad choice. <laughs> J.L. greets Sisera with a thirst-quenching warm glass of milk. Probably buttermilk. You had milk, you had no refrigeration, so... <clears throat> it's easy to see. Now, when you've been running, I don't know how many of you have ever exercised heartily, and you've worked up a good sweat, and you want to drink, and you want to drink of something cool, and you want something thin, like iced tea or Gatorade, warm milk will put you to sleep in an instant. But Sisera, he can't be picky. He's exhausted. He's desperately needing rest. And he tells J.L., watch the tent door for me. You know, and if someone comes, you just tell them nobody's here. 
JL, she covers Cicero with a blanket, and he instantly falls to sleep. Can you imagine fighting for your life one moment, running, and then falling asleep as soon as someone gives you a drink and covers you? He must have been real tired. <laughs> he just fought in a battle for his very life, and now he sleeps. Heber, J.L.'s husband, maybe he forgot to tell J.L. that Sisera, he, he's our ally. For as soon as Sisera is asleep, J.L. nails him to the ground. Tent peg in one hand, hammer in the other, and Sisera is killed instantly in a very gruesome way. Change the scene a little bit. Consider, if you are Heber, J.L.'s husband, that is one woman you do not go to bed with the unsolved dispute. <laughs> no opening arguments with that woman. Uh, sleep could kill you, literally. <laughs> to J.L., Sisera is the enemy. He is an evil commander of an evil king's army. And she has no decision to make whether he's a good guy or bad guy. Earlier in this uh, passage, Shamgar, he took an ox goad and killed 600 men with an ox goad using what was in his hand. J.L. takes a tent peg. And in that culture, the women set up tent. So a tent peg was something she was very accustomed to, and she drives that tent peg through his temple, nails him to the ground, and she probably did it with one blow. A tent peg and a hammer were a lethal weapon in her hand. And I think this whole episode, this whole saga of J.L. is an example how we are to be ruthless with sin and evil influences which try to come into our homes, which try to enter, you could say, our tents. J.L. strikes a death blow to this evil commander that seeks asylum in her tent. Heber, Jael's husband, it doesn't mention him. He's nowhere to be found. But in verse 18, Jael, we read, she goes out to greet Sisera. Come into my tent, my Lord, where she gives him warm milk and cookies, <laughs> plus a blanket. Now, if that won't put you out, nothing will. And J.L., she seizes that opportunity to destroy the evil army commander. What do you think J.L. would say to our society today 
and perhaps our entertainment methods and choices of today. Sometimes I think we pollute our Christian ethics by the things we indulge in and the things we allow to come in to our homes. As Christians, set a standard. Put forth a righteous standard in your homes, in your tents. And some of the worst things we can do is allow some of the modern day TV programming, which is disgusting, and some of the things that come across the internet, we allow them to come into our home. Put up some firewalls. Put up a righteous standard on what you allow to come into your home. Pornography, it is widespread and it's rampant and it's readily available to the general public and staggering numbers of people are hooked on pornography and it's brought into the home. We also, for some reason, think violence, murders, even good guys killing bad guys, is entertainment. You cannot watch horror movies, occult movies, violent movies, without them having an effect on your psyche. They become etched into our minds, into our memory bank. In verse 22, when Barak comes looking for Sisera, Jael declares, come, I will show you the man you seek. And there lays Sisera nailed to the ground. Here's the beauty of all this. Don't miss the results of this heroic assassination by J Jael. Verses 23 and 24. So on that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, in the presence of the children of Israel. And the hand of the children of Israel grew stronger and stronger against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they had destroyed Jabin, king of of Canaan. The entire nation of Israel grew stronger and Jabin, the king of the Canaanites, is destroyed. And Jael had a part in the destroying of Jabin, king of the Canaanites, by killing his commander Sisera. But earlier in this chapter we read, as Deborah said, I'm trying to think of the guy's name. <laughs> anyway, she had to convince who is it? I'll come up with him. Barack. Why did I go blank on that? Anyway, 
She had to convince Barack to get up and go fight the battle. She says, but if I go with you, Barack, no one is going to honor you as being the deliverer of Israel. And they don't. We read of Deborah and we read of Jael, but there's no mention of Barak because he got lost in the details. He was a valiant warrior, but no one read, re reads of that or remembers that. We need to be, as Christian men, leaders. We need to be leaders in our churches, in our families, in our nation. And sometimes I think there's a tremendous vacuum for righteous leaders in our country, in our states, in our churches. If you've been called of God, and we all are, JL, God delivers Sisera right to her tent, and she, she's faithful. She assassinates him, and that's harsh, but it was needed. And Deborah, she tells Barak, get up, be a man of God. Go stand in that gap, defend your heritage, defend Israel and Christian men. I think the Lord would say to us, get up. Be a man of God. Stand up for your family. Stand up for your community. Stand up for righteousness. Amen? Amen. Let me get you to stand. We'll close in prayer. If you have any prayer needs, there will be people in the prayer, our little prayer area back there, who will be happy to pray with you. If you need to be anointed with oil and prayed over, we can do that. So don't leave here. If you need prayer, we will have somebody agree with you in prayer. So let's close in prayer. Father God, here we are celebrating the 4th of July, celebrating the freedom of our country. And Lord, I thank you that you have raised up men who would defend our country, that we can enjoy freedom, men that have stood strong but Lord we pray for our own lives we pray that we will be men that will choose to be leaders to be leaders of our family in righteousness to be leaders of our church to be leaders of our uh, communities Lord whatever you've called us to do we want to be wholeheartedly following after you as Christian men help us Lord to do this Help us to serve you with a pure heart. And we pray for this in the name of Jesus. Amen.